Women account for 50% of the global population, yet they only represent about one in three high-growth entrepreneurs and one in three innovation entrepreneurs focused on national and international markets, according to Global Entrepreneurship Monitor. It's high time we change that. Emerging Europe Talks She's Next, empowered by Visa, is a series of podcasts with, about, and for women to support them in their efforts to fund, run, and grow their small businesses and startups. Meanwhile, check out the community platform for female entrepreneurs in Eastern Europe and Central Asia at she'snext.emergingeurope.org. Hello, everyone. This is Andrew Robel, the founding partner of Emerging Europe, and I'm delighted to be the host of this podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Dan Baxter, and I lead corporate communications for Visa across Central and Eastern Europe, Middle East and Africa. And Andrew, thank you for um, inviting me to join you today. Thanks, Dan. I'd like to start by telling the story of a water project in Africa. According to the United Nations, efforts to involve women more effectively as pump attendants met stiff resistance from men, particularly when it was proposed that women pump attendants should also be given bicycles to allow them to carry out their work. At first, men said the women could not learn to ride bicycles. When that was obviously proven wrong, the real objections emerged. And that was that bicycles, a clear status symbol of a poor community, should not be given to women if men did not already have them. The lesson was clear that female empowerment must include awareness raising and engagement of men. What do you think from your perspective? Why is that particular aspect so important? Well, I think it's vital on a number of different levels. I think as sons, brothers, husbands or fathers, we all have a deep responsibility to be able to support female leadership and female entrepreneurship across the board. And I think there's obviously been a, a lot of positive discussion and some positive progress when it comes to gender equality around the world, whether that's within business or whether it's through the stellar work of UN Women, who's one of the programs you just referred to. But I think clearly there's much more to be done to truly ensure the level of equality that we all aspire to. And I think men have to play a vital role in that. This is something where we have to walk and stride arm in arm, hand in hand with women everywhere and really take steps to, to support. There's also a, clearly a really important role that men can play in supporting the success of of women entrepreneurs. And I think this comes back to the point of allyship and ensuring that men are vocal supporters and real ambassadors uh, for women entrepreneurs and women businesses. And I think there's a lot of education that's required still. And one of the roles that we can play is in terms of calling out traditional views or bad perceptions, let's say, when it comes to um, views on women entrepreneurs, which are clearly simply going to hold um, the conversation back and hold back um, some of the progress which is being made across the board. If we look at the workplace, what are the efforts that we could come up with to precisely help women with their activities? Sure. Well, I think uh, as a starting point, diversity is good for all and diversity and having an inclusive workplace is truly good for business at visa we're a 
company that operates across more than 200 markets, almost 200 markets around the world, and which is incredibly diverse in its very nature. And to be able to be present in that many countries, we clearly need diversity of many different types, whether that's culture, whether it's nationality, whether it's background, whether it's thoughts, and of course, gender. And I think there's two different parts. One is what happens within the organization. And then the second part is what you do outside of the organization, which I I think is just as important. Inside the organization, one of the steps is clearly around ensuring that you have a diverse workforce to start with and setting in very clear goals, which are measured against to ensure that you're continuing to increase the level of diversity within the organization. I think the other piece there is once you increase the or gain a more diverse workforce? How do you continue to harness that? How do you really ensure that the organization benefits from that diversity of thought and gender? I also want to ask you about showing the benefits because diversity is obviously one topic, but perhaps through our efforts, we need to show that there are significant benefits of having more women in the workplace, but also in the company environment. Well, that's true. And I think this comes back to the diversity of thought and diversity of views and ensuring that you are gaining the best possible ideas across the board. Um, I think it's also vital to ensure that your business really represents the customers and clients and the markets that you serve. When we look around the world, a majority of small businesses in Africa, for example, are women-owned, women-led, and therefore we will have better understanding of the needs of those businesses by ensuring that we have a more diverse workforce, whether that's, again, nationality, whether it's ethnicity, whether it's um, gender. So the benefits really are multifold, but truly need to be embraced to ensure that there's sufficient impact within the organization. And therefore, we need to ensure that um, men really are championing and being ambassadors for the success of women entrepreneurs. When we think about the She's Next initiative, this initiative is obviously for women. What role do men play? So the program obviously looks to support women entrepreneurs directly. And we're really focused on building that community and securing applications from women that are starting um, exciting businesses across all of the regions that we operate. I think there's already a role that men are playing in supporting the program, which is very much sort of behind the scenes in terms of, again, being champions uh, for the program. And one of our loudest, most vocal champions is our country manager um, within Serbia, who's really a firm believer and truly passionate in the importance of this program to supporting um, equality in Serbia. If we look at the survey that we did and and also a series of in-depth interviews related to the She's Next uh, project, we oftentimes heard from women that they want to give opportunities to other women, which is obviously amazing because more women are involved in various activities. I have a feeling sometimes that perhaps not involving any men is not fully beneficial for the business. What is your take on that? Well, what we've seen through the She's Next program, which we've rolled out, is that the value which women entrepreneurs gain from the networking and the community aspect is really significant. I think you can gain hugely from talking to others, learning from others Mm -hmm. who've gone through other similar lived experiences. And I don't think that's necessarily discounting the value which men can bring, for example, or the learnings that can be brought through. But we come 
from a very different sort of experience. And I think the experiences that a women woman entrepreneur gains and the approach which she takes to be able to be successful, strive and progress in a fairly unequal world in many ways still really are significant. And I think that's the real value we've seen from the community aspects. Um, having attended some of these events and seeing when winners have been announced and prizes awarded, there's true delight for the successful women entrepreneurs uh, from each other. And that's really been fantastic to see. What sort of advice would you give to female entrepreneurs who are probably, you know, the vast majority of our uh, listeners here to help them understand, you know, this diversity issue, but also perhaps involving more men in their projects, in their companies? I think when you're starting out a business, there, there can be starting out any business, particularly at the early stage, can be a pretty daunting You can often feel as though you're the entrepreneur on your own, and it can feel like a, a one-person struggle at times. And that was something that we sort of saw coming through in some of the research. But I think what we consistently saw, that the appetite there to be able to learn from each other, to be able to network each other, and to be able to join communities where many people are undergoing similar experiences, similar challenges, and spotting similar opportunities can really help businesses strive. So you're talking about starting a business. I think one of the aspects that are particularly important when starting a business is how to build and how to maintain the brand, how to build the reputation that is needed for the business to scale up and to grow further. How should we go about it in the first place? I mean, what is brand reputation? So we can all understand that aspect. Of course. Well, reputation at its simplest is the public perception of, of a company and how it operates. I think it's in some ways one of the most intangible assets, but also one where for many companies of even the largest size, so much of their overall value is attributed to the quality of their reputation. And I think reputation is one of those areas which needs to be built and which needs to be nurtured whether you're a multinational organization or you're a small business um, supporting your local community. It really is sort of table stakes in those terms. And I think needs to be seen as a core part of the overall company building by any organization. I think that the value of the reputation really transcends many different audiences as well. Obviously, having a stronger reputation can help win more customers. It can help you grow overall revenue, but it also can have some other benefits as well. It supports hiring, it makes you an attractive place, an attractive proposition for potential employees. You can stand out amongst partners, uh, which you need to work with to be able to grow your own business. And obviously companies with strong reputations can attract investors as well. I think one of those famous sort of quotes when it comes to reputation is what Warren Buffett once said around how it takes it can take years to build a reputation, but seconds to destroy us. And I think the value of investing time and good practice in terms of that reputation building is, is absolutely vital for long-term sort of business success. So I sense that this is something that we should invest in from the very beginning. Absolutely. And I think building a good reputation really starts with operating your business the right way and ensuring that you are a ethically competent business that delivers good value for all of your different stakeholders. Some of the recent research 
from an organization called Edelman highlights that businesses are now the most trusted institution, which is a great platform for businesses to work with. But that reputation truly does need to be earned. And I think the only way to build reputational capital, if you like, is through a sort of slow and steady approach through operating effectively and well. One of the areas that's really been sort of closely aligned with reputation recently is this topic of purpose and ensuring that as an organization, you are operating with real intent and having a clear purpose, which drives the business forward. And that purpose can really sort of elevate both what and how the company operates to ensure that you can make a wider contribution to society. There was some other really interesting research that came through over the last couple of years, which suggested more than half of consumer will walk away from brands if they're disappointed by their actions. And 75% said that a company purpose plays an important part of their decision-making in terms of how they spend money and the goods that they buy. So really, companies that do good and operate well attracts more consumers, attracts more customers, but it has to be authentic. It really has to be sort of deeply rooted within the business in which you're operating in and can't just be words. It needs to be very much actions as well. So imagine I am a female entrepreneur that is listening to this podcast and I am starting my business and uh, I want to make sure that I'm building my reputation, a brand reputation strategy in the right way. What should I start thinking about in the first place? I think it's thinking about all of the processes which you operate and the way in which the business is ultimately run. And I think looking at how you engage with all of your different audiences, whether they are customers, whether they're partners, whether they're employees, clearly plays a role in building reputation and building that external perception of your company and how it's seen. I think, you know, towards the point in purpose, depending upon the type of the business which you have, that will obviously vary depending on each individual company or each individual owner or co-founder. But clearly, there's an opportunity to ensure that you are able to translate the work that your company does with the wider societal need and the benefits that can be um, brought and experienced for, for a wider group. And what about the company culture? How should we go about that? And again, since the very beginning of operating a business? You know, I think company culture is absolutely essential to both the internal reputation and your employees and their motivational goals and ambitions and the long-term success of the company. So I think really sort of investing in culture, ensuring that you are able to be very clear with employees in the effort that you're working to and, to, and ensuring that the, strategy, the purpose feeds into the strategy, which feeds into the approach that you embrace. Because for many small businesses, it's employees who will know the business best and employees that are supportive, employees that trust, employees that have faith and confidence in the company and the growth potential that the company exists. And also, obviously, the founder will be your strongest advocates externally moving forward and will also ensure that there's the right culture in place for you to be able to accelerate that growth as the business continues to sort of expand and you go through the fast, rapidly growing phase of the, um, the business cycle. One of the findings from the survey and also from the IDIs in-depth interviews that we ran during the project was that a lot of women struggled with their 
online presence, with the social proof, so to speak, of their business. Why do you think this is also an important thing to look at in the whole sort of brand reputation strategy aspect? How should women go about that as well? Yes. Well, I think over the last decade, we've seen the role that social media can play across business as a whole and how consumers take recommendations and how word of mouth can spread incredibly fast on businesses which are providing good services and which really sort of connect emotionally with consumers across the board. And I think this is something that we've seen really accelerate during COVID and accelerate onwards. And I think there's two different sort of aspects. I mean, one area that we've seen through our business that's been growing incredibly fast is the opportunity for small businesses to be able to sell online and the expectation from consumers to be able to buy, whether it's through social platforms or whether it's through company e-com sites, to be able to buy products in real time and have very fast services. So that's on the sales side. On the community side, clearly, I'm sure we all sort of experience businesses which we see and which we hear about through friends and neighbors and other family members. It's absolutely vital that there's been time that's invested in terms of building that social presence and ensuring that you're steadily building a community um, for both short-term sales and also for wider word of mouth that can help the business to grow. So I think across social and online, there's huge opportunity both in terms of the, the transactions and sales, but also in terms of building the right level of visibility and awareness amongst current and potential consumers. What that obviously means as well is that there's huge opportunity there to be able to further build the reputation by demonstrating that a business is in touch and understands the needs of the consumers. But also there's clearly a risk where businesses, if they appear out of tune uh, with their consumers or they are hugely delayed in responding to consumer queries, um, then that can have a, a negative impact. So many small businesses are clearly seeing that their presence online is a, is a huge enabler or otherwise for their future growth. But when we think about sort of online presence, it's not only the social media, but it's, it's also being sort of talked about by others. And what I mean here, or being a thought leader in a, in a specific uh, sort of area, how can that be built in your opinion? Because it's quite obvious that when we have something new that we want to check, there is a browser that we go to and we basically search for that. And if we, if we are unable to find, you know, independent sort of resources that, yes. that talk about it, it's a bit, you know, of a struggle for those who offer those services. That's right. And I think this sort of comes back to, in a way, the pre-social media days and the needs of all businesses before there were online portals and social media platforms to ensure that they were communicating effectively with external audiences. And that's the role of the media, which continues to play a vital role in any society and across any, any community around the world in providing recommendations and providing validation of a business's products or a business's services or a business's capabilities. So as you said, many of us, when we're looking for something, we'll go into a search, we'll search, and then we'll often be drawn into media outlets which we trust and which we typically go to. And if a media outlet which you trust and a reporter which you trust is writing a good review on a, on a certain product, you'll be inclined to believe it and inclined to want to try it as well. So there's a lot that can be done for businesses of all sizes to ensure that you're engaging with media 
that are read by your core audience. And I think this really does need to come back to that point of audience and understanding what your customer, who your customer is, what they read, what they're interested in, and therefore finding those opportunities to be able to connect to them as they go about their everyday lives. So media, whether it's national media or specialist interest, continue to play a fundamental and really important role in helping elevate and grow businesses of all sizes across all sectors. So from a communications perspective, what would be the most important piece of advice that you would share with female entrepreneurs that are at the beginning of their entrepreneurial uh, path? I think it's building a very clear communications plan that allows you to identify the areas or topics that you want to be known as for a business and then finding the right media outlets and external channels to be able to sort of connect through those. Clearly, for a lot of small businesses, there's a number of different routes. There are the traditional media that we've discussed. There's influencers, which are hugely important now um, for small, small businesses, and where there's very specialist influencers that are attracting huge followings as being experts in, in different areas. And then there's social media strategies across the board. And so naturally, it'll depend upon the size of the business. But as soon as your business is operational, perhaps before they're operational, it's vital that you start building a communications plan that will allow you to connect with those audiences, which will provide the path for you to be able to more effectively reach your own customers and consumers. Dan, thank you so much for this chat. And we're looking forward to having more female entrepreneurs in the region that we are taking care of right now. Thank you, Eller. Thanks for tuning in. If you liked the episode, give us a thumbs up and share it with other like-minded audiences. And make sure to join the She's Next, empowered by Visa in partnership with Emerging Europe Digital Community Platform at she'snext.emergingeurope.org.